Welcome to Fit Inspired Mama Podcast. I am your host, Nishma Karim. I started to podcast so I can allow myself to be me and to talk about life, love, expectations, and so much more. But now, I also allow women to express who they are, the challenges they have gone through, and what lessons we have learned in life. Women are fighters. We can fight our own freedom and decide what we want. No matter what we go through, we dust ourselves off, get back up, and fight even harder. This is my podcast. Come and listen in as we inspire you one episode at a time. Today, I am talking to Hanifa Jasani. Her story is so beautiful. When she finds out she has cancer, just listen to every part of her being talk about how she couldn't do the things that she wanted to do, how she couldn't be with her beautiful kids, how she could not live the life that we live right now. We always think about the future. We always think about everything that's going to be there. We think about, okay, we're going to travel this time. We're going to do this at this time. But do we ever think about right now and this moment and today? The biggest story that we are going to listen to today is with Hanifa. And I want you to listen to exactly what she went through to understand how beautiful our life truly is and how amazing it is when we just focus on right now. Let's listen to Hanifa. Hi Hanifa, thank you so much for being here today. Um, A few days ago, I remember we were talking and I just am so happy for you to be here. I'm excited for your story. I'm excited for the fact that you're here. There's so much that you have, so much that I want the audience to listen to, and there's no one better to do it than you. So thanks for being here. Um, Before we get started, of anything that you're going to say today to change this world, to change the woman around us. Um, just introduce yourself, where, what you do, how many kids you have, and, and when you're ready, you could just start. Awesome. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, I enjoyed our phone conversation, and so I'm so blessed and happy that you've invited me to your platform. Um, so yeah, my name's Hanifa. I'm uh, originally from Calgary, but live in Edmonton. I'm a mom of two. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. Um, I've been a social worker for 16 years, um, working with the government. And yeah, just been my, I guess what I thought was my purpose was um, helping those um, dealing with, you know, difficulties of the world, uh, vulnerable children, And so I've worked with people in different capacities over the last 16 years um, in Alberta. That's amazing. There you you have um, a lot of spark in you. There's so much about you that when I see you, 
I'm so amazed with the changes that you've made in your life. You do know that we've known each other for many years, right? Like we've actually grown together in Calgary. That's the, the most amazing part about this is the fact that we are able to communicate today, being at where we are right now and being even closer than we were as kids, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited for your story. So a few years ago, I was told that you had a big story and you were ready to share it to the world. Let's share that story because that story is going to change everyone today. Let's do it. Yes, um, I am. I am ready to share um, with the purpose of maybe it's my social work background, but with the purpose of of helping um, not only people, but I think mothers um, and and women. So I um, yeah. So in 20, 2019, late late twenty nineteen, um, I was having these stomach issues um I was working out I was at my my fittest like we all want to lose those five pounds and Mm -hmm. I did I lost those five pounds feeling really good clean eating uh my sister was getting married so I was like I need to fit into these outfits and be the star of the show might forget her so (laughs) um I was like working really hard but feeling really good but during that time, I was having these tummy problems. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just cut out coffee, um, cutting out different things. Maybe it's caffeine. Um, Lay's chips and I broke up. So I was like, okay, it's not that. So trying to figure things out. And then it would come and go, come and go. So, you know, when it, when it was here, I would try and pay more attention. But then when it was gone, I would kind of forget about it. So I didn't, I didn't really... Um, you know, look into it further uh, at that time. And then in December uh, 2019, it just got, it just got super bad, like just um, vomiting, lethargic. And I was like, I don't think this is coffee, like some something's going on. Um, so in uh, early January 2020, I um, went to emerge, did various tests. And they said, well, maybe it's colitis. Like we think, you know, your bowel looked a bit um, like your colon, like it looked a bit uh, inflamed. So I talked to um, like a dietitian to go over, you know, if it's mild colitis, what are some foods that you can eat and things like that. And I was like, I don't think that's it. Like I'm, I'm doing that. And it just didn't feel right to me. Like what we were talking about or what they were saying, it just, I, it didn't sit well with me. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think that's it, but there's something because you just don't vomit and, and feel sick like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks came around, um, went by and I was still feeling really bad. And then it got to a point where I didn't eat for almost five days. I couldn't like nothing was staying down um and just constant vomiting so I went back into emerge and did some further testing um and yeah and and so I did an x-ray and they said yeah like you're blocked up and I was like okay and so then they referred me to general surgery and um did a contrast CT so just more more testing to figure out what's happening 
And um, I remember being rolled to the CT scan and then rolled back, like it felt like five minutes later. And I was rolled back and the surgeon was sitting there. And um, yeah, he said, we found a tumor and um, it lit up like a Christmas tree and um, we're going to, we're going to do surgery. And I was like, everything just happened so fast. Like it was just so fast. And then, um, yeah. And then he said, we're going to treat this tumor as uh, cancer until we, um, until we do pathology. And um, so those who know me know that I have a bit of a trucker mouth. And so I said some choice words to him and um, told him it was the lady beside me in the next curtain. It's not me. And um, as I, I just, I didn't believe that, didn't believe it. And, um, and then he started explaining things to me, like um, what they're going to do and, and, you know, how much approximate colon they'll take out and all of that stuff. And it was literally just a different language to me, just a different language. And, um, and then he mentioned something, you're going to have um, a colostomy bag. And I was like, a, a what? Like, what, what is this? What is a bag? Like, what, what are these things you're saying to me? And so he really explained things to me, but I, I think it went one year and out the other because I was, I was just in shock. Like this can't be me. I'm at my healthiest. I have two little babies at home. Like it, it can't be me. Um, and so he left and then these two nurses flew in, lifted up my gown, wrote a bunch of letters and numbers on my stomach, asked me where I wear my pants. And I was, and, and I literally was like, okay, well they did arts and crafts on my stomach. Like I have no idea what's going on. And so then uh, it was about, I think 9 PM that I went in for surgery. That's when they had an open OR. And um, yeah, so went in for surgery. And then when I came out of surgery, the first thing I did was I like lifted my gown and I saw the colostomy bag, like there was stitches. Um, and then I saw the colostomy bag. And prior, when he was explaining it to me, he said, you know, it's going to be temporary, but we don't know what that means. It really depends on your pathology. It really depends on um, a few factors, but, but our hope is um, it'll be temporary. And so when I looked at the colostomy right after, I don't know if I was still high on the hospital medication or what was happening, but in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this thing is going to be with me for, I don't know how long, and I need to normalize things and I need things to be normal. And this, I need this to be normal. I need to be okay with it because I have to go home and explain this to my kids. Um, I don't even know what I'm going to say to them. And so, um, again, I don't know if it was the hospital drugs, but I named my colostomy bag Luca. Luca. And so, um, so that day forward, even till now, my kids know Luca. And that's this whole time. So from January 2020 to today, um, Luca is part of my life. And now I've, I've come to a point where um, Luca saved my life. Um, but that was like a a huge journey but the day of surgery I was like okay the Luca hi Luca 
And I don't know how long we're going to be together, but let's, let's do this. I have no choice but to do it because it's now stuck on me. Yeah. So I was in the hospital for about eight days um, and then I was released. And then about, I think it was about, I don't know, I, I can't even remember, maybe seven, 10 days. Um, but my pathology came back and um, yeah, I um, was diagnosed with stage two, three colon cancer. Um, and I thought my world shattered when I was first told I had a tumor, but I think I still had a bit of hope that maybe it wasn't cancer. Um, and my world shattered even more than it was. Um, and I think because for me, um, people who, I, I only know a couple of people who had survived cancer. Yeah but I know more people who passed away from cancer and that scared the living daylights out of me. Um, I had just turned 40. I have my two kids. Um, so it just, it, it was, um, yeah, it shattered my world. And then uh, appointments started and at this time, um, when I found out about pathology um, and then starting, like had appointments with my oncologist, it was right at the start of the pandemic as well. And so not only was this happening, but then the pandemic was, was just starting. I think lockdown had just in Alberta had just started. And so it was just it was like a movie. It was just crazy. And um, so when I met my oncologist, um, he went over my pathology results again and, um, and can, like, you know, talked about the cancer. And he said, at this time, we're, we're, we're wanting to do chemo because we had removed 18 lymph nodes. And one of the lymph nodes had a slight, um, like had some like cancer cells and so we want to blast it we want to blast your whole body to make sure that there's nothing nothing left because seeing that in your lymph node kind of tells us that it was starting to travel and with colon cancer it travels um high up and then once it reaches your lungs then yeah then then you're making different arrangements and you're having different conversations is basically what I was told. And so it was like, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And so April 9th was uh, my first round. Um, I was on IV chemo as well as oral chemo. And so each round for me lasted three weeks and I had eight rounds to do. And um, for me, the chemo combination that I was on, um, the biggest side effect was neuropathy, which is really like the numbness of your, um, your hands and your feet and sensitivity to cold. <clears throat> so my oncologist said like, you know, keep gloves around the house and, um, you know, just protect your hands, protect your, I was, it was winter at, the, well, in Alberta, I was still winter <laughs> in April. Um, so, you know, just 
he's like said, you know, sweaters and scarves and, um, and then talked about the throat as well, that sometimes when your neck gets cold, you'll feel like you can't breathe, you're breathing, but it just, it feels like everything's closing. So there was all these side effects he talked to me about. And I think in my mind, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. Like it's, I'll be fine. It's not going to happen to me, but it happened to me. And so my, my world changed. Um, you know, I wasn't able to go into the fridge, for example, I had to wear gloves. Otherwise it just, it, it was impossible. Like it was painful and, and a whole bunch of things. Um, even, even doorknobs, like our doors are, they have metal door or metal knobs. I couldn't even open or touch it um, without a glove. And so um, my world changed because I wasn't able to do the stuff that us moms always do, um, give my kids a bath. I would have to, the days where I felt good, I would have to wear gloves to turn on the tap. And, you know, it just, it was frustrating. And um and I spent a majority of my days in bed um, or my head in a toilet because you are, you are sick, you are lethargic, you, you can't move. Um, the color of my skin changed, the way that my body felt changed ev everything. Um, there was a lot of loss. There was, there was just loss of my independence, loss of my freedom. Um, loss of just things that we take for granted, like opening a fridge, closing a door, walking. Um, it was, I was pretty unsteady sometimes because of the neuropathy, because it just feels like constant pins and needles. So, um, you know, even walking from one room to another, um, I realized how much I took that for granted because I wasn't able to do that. And that's when I think I got into a tailspin. I'm not able to do that. I can't do that. Um, I can't sit with my kids. I can't bathe my kids. I can't drive my kids. I can't go to the park with my kids. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. There was a lot of can'ts. And um, I reached out to counseling. There was counseling offered um, with the Cross Cancer Institute here in Edmonton. And the I think I think we're our worst enemy sometime because my internal war was the expectations of myself as a mom and what I was what, what I was able to do versus um, my reality of right now is what can I physically emotionally and mentally do and there was a constant conflict and a constant war is that I need to be doing this, but I can't do this. And it was constant. And so it was not good. So I reached out to counseling and um, had a lot of, a lot of sessions, a lot of cry sessions. And one thing she said to me is you're so focused on what you can't do. That's all you're focusing on. That's all you're talking about is what you can't do. And when you're focusing on that, you your days are you're you're telling me that your days are worse you feel bad you feel guilty and that's when your body just reacts to it and I um I never experienced a panic attack or anxiety attack before this and I could actually like feel my body just um reacting um 
So in our sessions, she would say, list me off things that you can do. What, what can you do? Like physically, what can you do right now? So I, I, her and I worked on a list together and some things where, you know, I can read my kids a story. I might be in my bed, but I can read a story to them. I can do crafts with them. Um, and then I was like, but I can't bake. And she's like, no, this is not the can't list. What can you do? So said some of those things. And I said, you know, there are moments um, like in the day where I feel like I have a little bit of energy. And so I can go downstairs and I try and sit with them. Um, the weather was getting nicer. So I said, you know, I can go outside for a few minutes and sit um, on the deck. We made a list of, um, and she made me write it down, what I can do. And so she said, put it, put it beside you. Um, so every, every day you look at your can list. And it, it took a little bit of practice because I, I, it was just natural for me to go to, I can't do this. I want to bake or I want to drive or I want to, and, and I can't. And so it took a little bit of practice. But it was amazing that when I started to do the things that I can do, like reading a story, my, my, my body physically felt better. Like I actually felt like I had more energy after I read a bedtime story. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like every day gradually I was like, okay, I can go downstairs. It might be a minute, but I did it. I can do it. And I felt like the, the challenge became addicting. Like I felt like, okay, what else can I do today? And, and it started to just become an internal challenge of like, what can I do? And I noticed like throughout my, um, like it was eight rounds, it was eight, about just a little over eight months of chemotherapy is my cans started to increase. And I didn't focus on my cans as much. And just how that, just that mind shift of what can I do, how that actually felt physically in my body, um, just the less headaches, I wasn't crying as much. And it was, I was able to kind of bring some humor because I was like, okay, my head's in a toilet, so I can't do this today, but in the evening I'm feeling better and I can do this. And so that mind shift really helped me. And I think physically helped me. And even, um, you know, prior to this, I enjoyed working out, I enjoyed walks, I enjoyed those things. And so my cans started to increase. And so by like month four or five, I, I was like, I can walk outside for 10 minutes. I can do those things. And it's amazing how we are our worst enemy sometimes because I go back to that internal war between my expectations as a mom and what I can physically do. And that's what I was focusing on until I was, until it was brought to my attention. Well, what can you do? And I never thought about that. I never thought about what I can do. And I think that, you know, we can take that anywhere in life um, and use that in anything in life is that sometimes we're just focused on what's not there or what we're not able to do. But, but trying to think outside of the box is what are we capable of doing in this moment? And, and it was huge. It was, it was huge for me, um, that mind shift, because 
a lot of nights I, I spent, um, you know, in bed or ahead in the toilet. And, um, and I used to, I just, I just was a mess because I was like, what I would give, what I would give to open a door without gloves, what I would give to sit with my kids and sit at breakfast. And some of those really desperate days, I was like, what I would give to just be there while they're fighting, which was the one thing that I hated, what I would give to do a load of laundry, what I would give to go to superstore, because it wasn't, it chemo sucked, it just sucked, and it sucked the life out of me, and it, it took my family away from me, and it took my freedom, and it just sucked. Um, and so that mind shift helped me to get out of that um, and just to try and think about things differently. And even now, um, I've been, I was um, chemo free since November 2020. All my tests um, have come back clean. Um, I'm waiting for one more surgery, but so far, so good. And and think going back to those really dark days of, um, you know, what I would give to do some of those things that we sometimes consider as mundane and like, oh, I don't want to do that. And, you know, all of those things and just how I'm, how I see things differently now. And so even, you know, my kids fight, I don't know about other kids, but they fight about 23 out of 24 hours a day, I feel like. And I just, I don't even say anything anymore. I, I stop and I'm like, I'm, I missed out on this stuff. I missed it. And even though it's so annoying and, you know, I would usually jump at it, but it's also when you sit back, it's so interesting to see their little personalities and what they're fighting for. Um, and just those things that you miss that you appreciate, but you look at it differently. And I try to parent differently because I know what I lost, um, at that time. And to me, this is a second reset life. And so it's like, I, I want to, I just want to do things differently, um, and just view things differently. And especially with, especially with my kids, because um, that was one thing that kept me going, but also was so much guilt as well. Um, it was just a, just internal, again, internal conflict where they would sit with you, but you feel like such garbage that you're not the nicest person to them, but all you want to be, all you want to do is be with them. And now I have that opportunity to be with them. And so how am I going to be with them? So it's, it's definitely change. It's definitely continuing to change. Um, you know, every day is a new day and every day is a new challenge. And it's, um, it, this experience has really kind of slowed my thinking down as, okay, how am I going to do it? What can I do? First off, thank you for making me cry. <laughs> um, your story is amazing. The one thing that I look at in life is, yes, we wait till the time that comes to us that says, you're about to die. And then we figure out, oh, my God, we need to make a change. 
And this is the story as a woman that we all go through and we share the story to other women to say, hey, enjoy that laundry. Enjoy the kids playing and screaming and crying. Enjoy those tantrums. Hold their hands. Because if we don't have that second chance like you did, we will regret that on our dead bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're so right. And, and when you're most vulnerable, that's unfortunately sometimes when it hits you like, wow, I have taken so much for granted. And, and even like just the mundane, like to do tasks, what I would give in that moment to do that because you're stuck. You're just stuck. You can't move physically. You can't move um, mentally and emotionally. It, it's just, it's draining. Um, and what you would give to just be normal. Your story is so big because what you've gone through, think about it as somebody else went through that and did not live. The fact that you are able to be here today, you're able to share your story. You are the most strongest woman I know today. I am, I am so proud for what you've gone through and what you have done, but what has happened and the learning lesson that you've learned and now to share the story to the world. I'm, I'm at awe. The last time I heard your story, I made a lot of changes in my life too, as well. First, what I did is I realized that I'm able to walk and I'm able to open that doorknob without any gloves. I am able to play with my kids when they shout. And when they shout and they're joking and they're screaming, I will take a deep breath and I'll go to them and say, okay, what's going on? And then we'll sit down. And just like how you said, right, you, you miss that. And I'll play with them to find out what the actual problem is. And that time that we play together, I realized that the shouting and the, the nagging and all that stuff that's really happening with them is because they're getting bored with each other. And they just needed that second or the third person to come in and play with them so that they can kind of change their surroundings with something else to do. I realized that when I do laundry, I'm able to do the laundry. I started to take each moment and write each gratitude down. I am grateful for my kids. I am grateful to be able to walk with them today. I am grateful for them, for I'm able to read a book to them. And then I realized that tomorrow may never come. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do with them today? And when you told me the story, I cried. I cried because, yes, I've gone through a similar stage as you becoming celiac. And when they told me I had three out of a four chance of how bad my celiac was. So I, I was crying because I was not that mom that they needed at the time. And I realized that, do I want to die or do I want to live for my kids? And that's what you did. You lived for your kids and you fought for your kids. So where you are today, I applaud. Thank you. 
you still have a bit to go through. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, in this journey, um, I didn't, I didn't allow myself to, you know, um, have bad days. If I was having a bad day, I was like, you know, and even prior to this, it was like, you can't have a bad day. You need to like keep moving, moving. And I think when I allowed myself to feel the feels, feel what I'm feeling and ride, ride the wave, um, it just, it was like, okay, this is where I'm at and let's, let's do it because what, I, what other choice I felt for me, my choices were cancer is going to get a hold of me or I'm going to get a hold of cancer and I'm going to choose the latter. And so how am I going to do that? I don't want to push things under the carpet and then let things explode because then cancer wins. I want to feel whatever I'm feeling, learn whatever I learned that day. And the next day, I'm a little bit more knowledgeable in my journey. And that will help me get through that day. But it doesn't, it doesn't come right away. And it was amazing to me how many people um, suffer in silence and, um, and how, you know, especially when you're someone who's independent and then to have that independence and freedom stripped of you, how am I going to go to people and ask for help? How am I going to go and talk about this? And, um, and so for me, I thank you for inviting me to your platform because I, my biggest goal or hope as I, as I don't want people to suffer in, in silence. Um, there's, it's a crazy roller coaster ride for sure. Um, but whatever doesn't break you just makes you stronger. Right. And so, um, yeah, so thank you for inviting me, um, today. Absolutely. There is something, um, I want to share that you said on this podcast too, as well. First of the fact that you are here today, you're helping a lot of women understand that tomorrow could be their last day. Um, there you're helping other women to know that yes, there's a lot of people that complain, complain about their kids. They complain about not having time, complaining about not having enough sleep, but guess what? There's a lot of people out there that don't even get that chance to do what you're doing today. So where we are right now, we should appreciate what we have because tomorrow may never come. The other thing that I love what you said, and I want to share it again, is by saying, you know, how many people say, I can't, I can't lose weight. I can't be the person I want to be. I can't work out. I can't be with my kids. I can't play with them. I have a lot of things to do. I can't go out. I can't get up. And you just change that in one sentence by saying, change that around and see what can you do? And look at how you change that by just changing that one sentence and saying, I can actually get up and try to go downstairs. I can read a book to my kids on in bed. I can go and, and try to be with them. I can feel better in the evening. And that little I can made you stronger. 
by just changing that. I don't know what to say to you, but I just want to say I am so amazed with everything you've said today because this needs to be shared to the world. Because today, knowing the universe, the people that are around us, the amount of things that we complain about today, it's huge. If I see my kids running around today, I'll go and run around with them. I have a ton of to do, (laughs) but I will now be with my kids. I will now be giving my husband that big hug or that big kiss. I will give my kids that hug that they deserve every single day at night and in the morning. I will stop saying I can't as much as I remember (laughs) And, you know, we do tell our kids, you can't do that. You can't do this. And I've I've tried my best to change that vocabulary saying, okay, well, instead of doing this, how about we try it this way? Instead of saying you can't. And changing things in our vocabulary makes such a big difference. And Hanifa, what you've gone through, I am so happy that you're here today to be able to talk about it and make a big difference in people's life because you are going to go big on this. I know you will. Thank you. I want people to get a hold of you if they needed to. I know people will call you and ask you questions. There are so many women out there that probably are going through the same thing that you just did. And they might want more information. They might want to talk to you. They might just want you to talk to them. Absolutely. Yeah. How would they get a hold of you? um, So I'm on Facebook, um, Hanifa Jasani, J-A-S-S-A-N-I. I I know that can be spelled (laughs) in different ways. Um, And I'm also on Instagram um, at H Jasani as well. Um, So like message me and then we can, yeah, go from there. But my... um, this, this was a huge wake up call to me um, and just, just didn't change, just change in general. And, um, and I feel blessed that I was given this second chance and I, I don't wanna waste it. And if I am able to support or talk to or whatever, um with anybody who's going through and and maybe not even cancer but like illness like that that can just anything like it it can just it just yeah it's tough it's just tough and um and I just don't want people to suffer alone and so any questions or anything I would love to be there I just wish I had you when I was going through my situation Because at the end of the day, like when I found out I was celiac, I did the same thing you did. I researched what it is, what's going on with me. Why is this happening to me? Am I going to die? Do I have a a lifespan of, of being celiac? Everything. I just, I did all that stuff. And I wish I had someone to just understand what I was going through at the time. So if there is anyone out there, I do hope they do get a hold of you because we need that support. We need that appreciation. And oh my God, what you've done to me has changed me in the way that I do things too as well. I will never complain about doing laundry again. I promise. I will never complain about my kids not behaving. And I will never complain again that I don't have 
what I have that is enough for me. I love where I am today. And I'm going to say, I'm going to live my life to the fullest because of your story today. So because you've changed me, I know you're going to change others. So thank you, Hanifa, for being here. Thank you. Anyone else I, that wants to get a hold of Hanifa, I will put all her details into the into the um, the description below. And again, let's let's end it here. And if you've learned anything, you want to talk about anything, please do message me or Hanifa. We cannot wait to hear from you guys. And have a fabulous day. And we will talk soon. Have a great day. Awesome. Bye.